Welcome back, everybody, to our online bonus segment. We call it Lively Extra when 30 minutes is just not enough. Let me reset the panel. Susie Yankee and Lou Pulner and Ian Donitz. We didn't get a chance to get to national, and there was a lot going on. Uh, President Biden on Wednesday night gave his first joint appearance to Congress. It looked a lot different than it has in the past. This is marking his first 100 days. So let's pull out the scorecards again. Lou, let me begin with you. He has been very ambitious. Some would say maybe a little too ambitious, but what is your thought about what the president has done in the first couple of months? Well, largely, I think he's writing checks that my grandchildren are gonna, are gonna have to pay if they're financially able to do so. Uh, he wants to take care of everybody uh, with freebies from cradle to grave. And in that regard, he gets a, a D uh, in my report card. Uh, I think he's done excellent work in uh, getting the vaccines to the entire country. I think he's, uh, uh, him and his team uh, have made this uh, as about good of a situation as it could be. So uh, I've got a, I got a split scorecard here. Ian? It's clear that President Biden has taken a lot of notes from his time as being President Obama's vice president. Uh, Obama was criticized by fellow Democrats for not doing enough to tout his own record in moving the country past the Great Recession. There are also questions about whether the, the federal government did enough at that time to stimulate the economy, if you believe in Keynesian economics. So, you know, this is Keynesian economics on steroids with these mega proposals that Biden is proposing. He obviously recognizes there's a narrow window of opportunity before the midterm elections. I have to wonder if there are some Americans like Lou who are very concerned about the level of envisioned spending that they see, and there could be potentially a backlash in the midterm elections. But Right now, Democrats can run the table. They can pass uh, a lot of what they want through reconciliation without, the, uh, without worrying about the filibuster in the Senate. So Biden is going for it. One thing I was surprised by, by was the length of his speech. I mean, I think uh, all of us have limited attention spans in this day and age. And I was a little surprised he went on for about an hour and 10 minutes. I thought he might try and boil it down more, but he wanted to get his message out. And, uh, you know, he had an opportunity to do it. All right, truth be told, just between us, I was flipping back and forth between the Red Sox and the Mets game <laughs> and Biden. So, Sue, I, you got to tell me this, because I, I assume you watched some of it. Um, would it have killed President of Biden to give a little nod and quiet some of the Republican critics by saying, and you know what, President Trump got Operation Warp Speed going, and although we picked up the ball, that's really where it began. Would it have, did I hear that in the speech or not? Maybe I was watching the Red Sox at that point. Yeah, you, you didn't hear it, even watching the Red Sox. I mean, he came in and he talked about unity, and that would have been a great olive branch to say thank you to President Trump for Operation Warp Speed, which is really an incredible way to get the vaccines out. It takes about 110 days to actually produce these vaccines to get them out. President Biden has been in office for 100 days, so those vaccines were ready to go. In fact, President Trump had said by April, every American that wants to get a vaccine will be able to get that vaccine. And that has come true. So it really would have been nice. And I agree with Lou. You know, we talk about 100 days. Well, let's see what he's done. In 100 days, he's introduced $6.1 trillion in new spending. That is four times the current federal 
uh, budget now. That is just going to be terrible to our, our children and our grandchildren to try to do that. We've got a major border crisis that the president, you know, it, it's on his plate. It's a humanitarian, it's a security, it's a health crisis down there. And he put uh, Vice President Kamala Harris in charge of that. She hasn't even gone down to visit it. And she's basically ignoring it. They're ignoring the crisis. That needs to be taken care of. They want to introduce um, HR1, which would do away with voter ID throughout the country. And 77% of Americans believe you should have a, an ID. He got in front of this uh, anti-police rhetoric when he weighed in before the uh, Derek Chauvin trial, before the jury even had a chance to listen to it. Instead of saying, hey, the American justice system worked after the jury came back. He said before, you should find him guilty. That's not the way our system of justice works. So I'm very concerned about that. He only gave one sentence to talk about the children for a year that have not been in school. We're gonna have a big crisis here, a year of learning that the children have not been in a classroom. Um, they're already gonna be behind. And we know that in Rhode Island, when we only have 6% of our African-American boys in Providence that can read at grade level, that's a crisis, um, certainly a crisis. And these are things that I, you know, I wish he would have, um, you know, the first 100 days, yeah, he knows that he's got the Democrats behind him and he's pushing things through, but are they all good? No. Let's, let's start with the border crisis. Let's talk about that. And he killed jobs. He came in and he um, did away with the Keystone Pipeline and eliminated 11,000 jobs, and many of them were union jobs. And he shut down the border wall construction, which again, he killed some of those jobs down there. So I'm not quite sure um, what he's doing, um, and I'm not too happy about it. Yeah, but Lou, I think it's going to play out. Look, it's all negotiation and they could do by reconciliation, but I think a lot of these plans are going to get revised. I don't know how you feel about that. I just feel, you know, you shoot for whatever. And I agree, it's a lot of spending and I worry about the deficit. But I wonder when the sausage is actually made, and this is not going to roll out probably for another six or, or 12 months, how it's going to look as opposed to what the proposal was. Well, considering that they run both houses, uh, both chambers, I have my concerns. Uh, I think I'm a little more concerned than you are uh, as far as being able to succeed. Uh, I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. But you know what? Uh, West Virginia, uh, Rep. Manchin, uh, he's the key here. And I think that's going to be a significant key in, uh, in, in, in kind of breaking down and, and, and easing up on exactly what they're trying to do. Ian, what about some of those concerns about, uh, and uh, Biden, I think, it, it, I don't know if he owes debts, but he's feeling a lot of heat from the progressive left. And, and I wonder whether that's influencing it or whether this was the guy he was all along that we elected. Yeah, well, I mean, I think a big focus is the economy. And clearly there's a long way to come back from the depths of the impact of the pandemic. To your point, Jim, about the opportunity for compromise, I mean, there are some like massive tax lot loopholes for U.S. corporations, and they they escape uh, taxes by setting up entities overseas. So I think that's more than a billion dollars in tax revenue that is lost. And if there's room for compromise on that, I mean, that is ostensibly in the interest of the U.S. taxpayer for U.S. entities to be paying their fair share of the taxes. Um, sure, he faces pressure from the left, but I think for Democrats and their political interest over going forward, they have to be concerned with Main Street. I think a lot of this is trying to negotiate uh, some 
uh, future path for the economic concerns of the U.S. and addressing the kind of economic anxiety that helped to propel President Trump's uh, victory in 2016. So uh, what extent of compromise there will be and how Democrats attempt to thread that, we will see. All right, folks, once again, the clock has struck midnight. It's always quick on the main show and Lively Extra. Susie Yankee and Lou Polner and Ian, thank you. Great discussion, very fast moving. Hope to see you guys in the not too distant future in the studio, maybe. <laughs> maybe a little preview of stuff to come. Guys, thank you so much. Folks, come back here next week as the Lively Experiment continues. Have a great week.